0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to FoxCast Legal Listening. This podcast is the third in our series dedicated to topics for financial advisors. Today we'll be discussing best practices, techniques, and strategies that can help mitigate and avoid risk in client relationships. Joining us today are Josh Horn and Ernie Badway, who serve as co-chairs of Fox Rothschild's Securities Industry Practice. Josh advises major financial services and advisory companies, as well as individual brokers, advisors, and counselors defending against customer-initiated or intra-industry complaints. He also handles Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, SEC, and state matters on behalf of clients. Ernie represents corporations, limited liability companies, partnerships, and financial institutions such as broker-dealers, investment advisors, private equity and hedge funds, banks and insurance companies, among others. He also counsels and advises clients on the creation of broker-dealers, hedge funds, and investment advisors, as well as compliance and regulatory matters relating to their operations. Both Ernie and Josh frequently contribute to the firm's Securities Compliance Sentinel blog. Josh, Ernie. Good afternoon. Good
1: afternoon. Hey, how are you doing today?
0: Good. Thank you. Uh, In our prior podcast, we discussed pitfalls and practices that can cause risk, inadvertent risk and purposeful risk for financial and investment advisors. Uh, And we've talked about the special considerations that must be taken into account for our senior clients. Now let's turn our focus to best practices generally. Uh, What are the common sense risk avoidance techniques for advisors that they can implement with clients regardless of the client's age?
1: I think probably the most important thing that I've seen over the years in in cases where I've defended brokers and advisors is communication. And I think when the day the relationship starts, you should have open, honest, upfront, and frequent proper communications, either phone, letters to the extent people still use letters, emails, uh, however you feel comfortable, but you should certainly be communicating with your clients uh, as much as you can. Not only does it protect you, but it's also, remember, you're in a client service business um, and clients want to feel as though they're being treated uh, properly. The thing I try to teach people in risk avoidance classes is, you know, treat your clients the way you would want to be treated if you were a client. And if you're not, if you would be unhappy with not being uh, on your, your financial advisor's uh, punch list to be talked to or emailed to on a frequent basis, then you're probably not doing something correctly
2: yeah and I think one of the things that I always tell my clients in in, in these types of situations is why don't you ask the client how they want to be talked to, meaning like ask them you know you know should I call you, should I send an email, should I send letters? you know I think that's the best thing that you can do, and that's not something that uh should end with the first contact you know there's a reason why they have boxes on the forms that say preferred contact, email letter phone you know you should ask those questions of your clients and then you should continue to ask those questions of your clients as the relationship progresses because you know it may be that they want just emails in the first part of their first part of the relationship because they're busy it's easier to respond but then they may want phone calls as the relationship develops and you should ask the clients that
1: and also important when a client reaches out to you there's gonna be times where you're not gonna be available and that's understood but it's just as important to get back to that client quickly uh, person I w- worked with here at the firm for 20 years or so. And, you know, his view was he would call back no matter what, regardless if he believed that they were no longer there for the day. Just in the, so the client knew that he was returning their call and they were just as important as any other client. And that that lawyer here has been very successful over the years. And I think it applies equally in the investment uh, services field.
2: Yeah. I have a 24-hour rule. Within 24 hours, a call must be returned. Some people have less, but I think 24 hours. You know, if you get a phone call in the morning try to do it before the end of the day, but at the very least the following morning.
1: And the other thing that's important is to be proactive, not to wait for a problem, but to reach out to clients because frequently clients just need to have their hand held, particularly when there's market volatility like we have in the market now. You know, a simple call or email, how you doing? Is everything okay? Will go a long way than the client having to reach out to you, oh my God, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, what do I do now?
2: Yeah, and, and to use like a, an example that I've seen recently, uh, because it's affected a lot of people, there were a lot of people who were invested in Puerto Rican bonds. And I know some of my clients had a number of their customers invested in Puerto Rican bonds and they had asked me what they should do about it when there was some just rumblings and I go you should start telling people as soon as you hear something there are issues that may be that may be coming down the pike and that really has helped them Uh, it really helped them get through the crisis involving those particular securities and um, you know it's really made their clients very happy
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and the other thing I think with to pick up on earnings. Point is, if you speak with a client on the
1: phone, if you make an investment recommendation, or if there's more, more importantly, if there's a change in what you're doing, uh, changing investment styles, uh, you really want to follow up any sort of oral communication with some sort of written communication follow up, just to confirm the conversation. Uh, and I always like to coach my clients that you know you want to. You want to conclude that message when you send some sort of written communication, you know, if there's anything that I got incorrectly, you know, please get back to me as quickly as possible. And that way you're putting the onus on your client to get back to you as opposed to you know, them waiting to hear from you. And this way you're really protecting both yourself and the client to make sure that what's being done is is consistent with your client's objectives and risk tolerance.
0: Uh, communication and documentation seem like very simple and very obvious and self-evident suggestions to help advisors avoid risk. Uh, what are your thoughts on why advisors may not engage in those practices?
2: It's a great question. Um, I think part of it has to do with at least what I've seen is, you know, although you should document things in real time, you should make sure all the recommendations are made to the client to, to say that it's also a positive and negative, um, as well as keeping detailed notes Um, but you have to keep in mind that it's got to get done you can't go after the fact and do it and I hate to use this term because I think it's been overused but there is a laziness and that's what I've seen with a number of my clients and you know you ask them you know why didn't you send you know even though you may have kept a detailed note why didn't you send an email or a letter or a fax or whatever may have been to your client you know saying you've told me not to do something I'm not going to do it unless you tell me otherwise. Unless you change your mind and tell me otherwise, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you send something? I had to take my kid to soccer. I had a, another event, a business event. Another client was calling. You know, I didn't get back to it. I'm sorry. You know, it didn't happen. And that's that's what I've seen a lot of. You know, it's not done because they're deliberately trying to avoid something. It's being done because they just ran out of time.
1: And I think that particularly becomes a problem when there's a customer complaint. And what I've seen over the years where customers have frequently disregarded advice that they were given by their broker or advisor, but yet the broker or advisor didn't, what I would say, call the client out on it, such as unusual account withdrawals, which impacts a financial plan. I mean, those advisors should be immediately sending a letter to their client saying, I noticed that you're doing X, it's inconsistent with what we've talked about before. I just want to make sure you're aware of what the downside risk is for you doing that. And if you do that, and if you are ever sued uh, for what may have happened in that account, at least you have a paper trail that the finder of fact can look at and hopefully come to the conclusion that, you know what, the broker did everything he or she was supposed to do, and the client is just basically looking for a free lunch. Exactly. So I think it's critical to keep in mind.
0: That's great advice. Thank you both so much. Listeners, if you would like to speak with Josh or Ernie about communication or documentation issues for advisors, you can reach Josh at 215-299-2184 or jhorn at foxrothchild.com or Ernie at 212-878-7986 or ebadway at foxrothchild.com. Stay tuned for the next in our series of podcasts on this topic in which we'll discuss how advisors should best handle and respond to both informal and formal customer complaints. Fox Raw LLP is a full-service law firm with more than 600 lawyers and 21 offices coast-to-coast. We serve businesses of all sizes as well as individuals in more than 50 areas of law. Clients choose us because we understand their issues, their priorities, and the way they think. We become trusted business advisors working in the trenches with those we serve. At Fox, we care about your success as much as you do.